And I'm Rico. And this is ATC Presents Debake Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. Except I've been watching K-dramas since 2012, and Rico is on his... What episode is this? <laughs> My you're, you're on, fourth drama <laughs> Your ever. fourth K-drama ever. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back and listening to us. Um, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. If you like us, please, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, that goes such a long way to helping us out and getting more listeners. Come check us out on social media and stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ATCDaybachPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please consider... Con- actually donating or becoming a patron on patron uh patreon actually more (laughs) like it uh it's a great way for you to get involved in the show and show your support because not only would you be supporting this show which is you know daybot k rambles but you would be supporting us on our main venture of always the critic so you can always check that out on patreon.com slash always critic pod yes so Rico, today we are going to be reviewing a show called W Two Worlds, and uh, it's a 2016 show. Um, do you want to give us the uh, my drama list synopsis? Yes, I will All go right. ahead and do that. Uh, it starts off with Oh Song Mu, the father of a cardiothoracic surgeon, uh, Oh Yun Ju, that is uh, the name. Uh, mysteriously goes missing while writing the last chapter of his webtoon, W. Uh, Yunju goes to his office looking, but a hand from his monitor suddenly pulls her in, and she finds herself on, top, on the rooftop of a building next to a man who is bloodied. She manages to save the person, only to realize that he is Kang Chul. I, that Kang is, Chul. I <laughs> just want to make sure that I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> Uh, he is the main character of his father of her father's webtoon. Yunju later discovers she can only enter and leave the webtoon depending on Kang Chul's feelings. Thanks for that, Rico. That's basically episode one of W. It originally aired from July to September 2016. It is 16 episodes long. And we do have some housekeeping to get out of the way. It was directed by Jung Dae-yoon. He directed Queen of Reversals, The King Two Hearts with Ha Ji-won and Lee Seung-gi. Those are two Hallyu stars right there. Great show if you haven't watched it already. He also directed Arang and the Magistrate, Cunning Single Lady. She was pretty with Pak So Joon. <laughs> and of course, I'm Not a Robot from 2017. It was written by Song Jae Jong. She wrote Queen In Yeon's Men, which is amazing. If you haven't seen it already, I highly recommend that 2012 show. And Song Jae Jong also wrote Memories of the Alhambra from 2018. You can catch that show on Netflix if you want to watch it. Although I watched it, it sucked. <laughs> I did not like it at all. Um, I actually, I wrote a review on the Debak blog as well, if you want to see my raw thoughts on that show. Okay, so W stars Lee Jong-suk as Kang Chol. This guy is very popular. Um, he's been in a bunch of shows. He started out, I feel, his first real cameo was in Secret Garden. I don't want to say cameo. His first real role was basically in Secret yeah. Garden. And that's a major, major show. 
I Can Hear Your Voice, 2013, Doctor Stranger, Pinocchio, While You Were Sleeping, Romance is a Bonus Book is his most recent drama from 2019, also on Netflix, also sucks. Um, and then it also stars Han Hyo-ju as Oh Yeonju. She mostly does an even amount of like movies and TV. And so okay. she started acting when she was very young. And I remember her first from the TV show Spring Waltz from 2006. And then she was also in Brilliant Legacy in 2009 with Lee Sung-gi. And then Dong Yi, which is a historical um, show from 2010. I really like her movie, her movie mm-hmm. work. She did okay. this movie called Always with Soji Sub, which is like <laughs> one of my first K-drama crushes with Soji Sub. I think he's like 40 something years old and I'm like all in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she did this movie with Soji Sub. It's a tearjerker. So good. Masquerade in 2012. Love 911 in 2012, <laughs> which is really funny. That's a rom-com. And then The Beauty Inside from 2015, which has a very interesting premise that they actually turned it into a TV show as well. So you could watch The Beauty Inside movie and then watch The Beauty Inside uh, K-drama as well. And to round out our... I'll just go with uh, her dad in the show. Uh, Kim Uisong plays Oh Song Moo. Okay, so now that we have all of that out of the way, we have the cast, we have the director, we have the writer release and everything. Rico, what did you think of W? So W has a very interesting premise that immediately made me think of the 1984 music video for Aha! Take On Me. (laughs) Right. Because it feels like it's the same exact thing. You're not wrong. Uh, Gets pulled into the comic book. The comic book is its own world. Uh-huh. And things that happen on the outside world affect the comic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And vice versa. For sure. Uh, interesting premise. Like, yes, it is so interesting. And that's why it did pretty well, like in the ratings and stuff. It wasn't right, it did. gangbusters. It did. But it, the premise is so unique. And that's why I wonder how I didn't like it. <laughs> How they fumbled this, and this in is, my view. This is something that I warned you about in the previous reviews that we've done in our conversations is that you might have a show that starts super strong, like W starts very strong with a bang. Right, it's a strong premise. Strong premise, really great characters, and you know, somewhere along the way, they just lose their shit, and like the thread of it is just gone. And so... You didn't like W at all? Uh, Pretty much no, because (laughs) I think that for the most part, I I was intrigued by the premise. But as the show went on, it started to feel like it was spinning its wheels Mm -hmm. because it it Mm -hmm. felt like the story was dragging out too long. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you feel, but I did not really like either starring person. Really? No. I honestly, you know what it felt like I, to me? Okay, I'm just going to withhold my thoughts so you can keep going. Get, you know what going. it felt like to me? Uh, especially uh, Lee Jong-suk. Okay. Uh, he felt not believable as like that lead character because there's a lot of moments where he has to do action and he has to do like life-threatening stuff yes yes, and i did not find it believable at all because he looks 
so fresh face, so young, so model-ish. Like he well, looks he like they model. just he started yeah, as a he, model. <laughs> right. And so I think that's the problem. So it kind of reminded me when all these like freeform CW shows just <laughs> grab like really good looking young people yeah. to star in like these dramas that they make. Uh-huh. And you can tell that they don't quite have the acting there. Uh-huh. And he did not quite have the acting there. Because there are <sighs> moments where he's trying to deliver either a look or a line and i'm just like i'm not buying this at all man so and then on top of that <laughs> okay, what han hyujo yeah. who plays oyunjo no uh-huh. i'm not her? saying she is exactly like the girl from uh boys over flowers she is not like what? that but hold on hold on i'm okay, not done okay what i'm saying is that there's a lot of moments where i'm looking at her character or i'm watching and i'm i'm just like i don't know if i even like what i'm seeing from her you know what i'm saying (laughs) and it kind of got me to the point where i'm trudging through episodes Mm. to get to a payoff that in the end i didn't like or i didn't Uh really care for Uh and it kind of it kind of had a problem with you know it's a great premise and they didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how to do something very interesting or very fulfilling with it is what I'm, that's the problem. Okay. Okay. So my thoughts are, well, I have to take it back cause I watched this when this originally aired. Okay. And, um, I really enjoyed the first half of the show and to be quite honest, I remembered exactly the first eight episodes of the show and rewatching it. It was very clear to me. I was like, oh, yeah, this happens. Oh, yeah, they say this. Oh, yeah, this person does this. So very memorable to me, the first half of the show. And I would argue that the first eight episodes are the best eight episodes of the whole show. Um, and the feeling that I had while watching W originally back in 2016 was that I really like these characters and I really love this premise. It is extremely um, unique. It is uh, catchy. However, the way that they decided to take the plot, and this is how I felt originally, was bogus. It was total bullshit. I felt like they didn't know how to end the show, that the writers were grasping at straws, that they they just made it super convoluted because they seemed to be writing week to week instead of feeling... Like they had this whole entire picture in mind for the show and a, and a clear cut ending of where it was going to uh, resolve. And in rewatching it, I feel the exact same way that I did in 2016, <laughs> where I wish so much better for these characters and for these actors and for this, um, you know, whole world that they built. I just want it to be better and I wish that they had taken it in such a different direction and I don't know what that direction should be um but it was it's not this <laughs> no it's not what we got so yeah it's yeah. kind of hard to say you know it should have gone in this direction when we don't know what it it should have been but We're we both this. know it's not this yes you know what it kind of reminds me of it reminds me of another sh- a show that I watched back in the early 2000s or 2010s, mm-hmm. uh, called Flash Forward. It was <laughs> okay. with uh, jo- Joseph Fiennes, uh, Ray Fiennes' brother, uh-huh. 
and uh, John Cho. Like it had like some okay. good yeah. people on it. But basically, the the premise of the show is that basically, uh, a series revolves around the lives of several people as a mysterious event causes nearly everyone on the planet to simultaneously lose consciousness for two minutes and 17 seconds. How does that remind you of W? Hold on. No, no. The reason why is because it starts off with a very interesting premise. Like, wait a minute. Everybody on Earth blacked out for like this exact specific time. And then there's the mystery of solving why that happened. And so the first half of the first season is like, oh, this is really cool. This is like a very interesting like mystery and stuff. But once they get to the point where they kind of like almost figure it out and Mm. then what is the next step? Yes. The writers, you could tell, did not know what the next step was. Right. And the show got canceled after one season (laughs) because they couldn't figure out what to do. It was was very frustrating to watch. Mm -hmm. So that's how I felt in this. That's how I felt, especially after episode eight. I was like, oh why they're fumbling it they're messing it up you know um in this case when i was watching it this time around i was able to pinpoint what exactly it reminded me of so you said a show flash forward to me it reminded me a lot of um like tron legacy because of them getting Mm. sucked into the game or the worlds yeah yeah yeah. reminded me of truman show a lot because the main character is affected by people creators acting as god and not allowing him to make choices about his own life and so that's very prevalent in Truman Show and that's running throughout W. It reminded me of The Matrix because they end up being able to enter and exit the alt- this alternate fake world. Exactly. It reminded me of Inception a lot because the creators or architects can manipulate the physical world and copy something from the real world that ends up having an interesting parallel world implications right um it reminded me of pleasantville the movie pleasantville getting sucked into the the world again and then the inhabitants of this world start to unravel the truth about their world and their existence this same thing as w and then this is a little bit of a a pull but i thought of jordan peele's us okay because and this might be getting There's, into spoiler territory, so I'll just stop right here. But basically, I'll cover why Jordan Peele's Us reminds me of W. Yes. Um, how Were there any parts of the show that you were really excited for? Or you were like, oh, I can't wait till we get to this again? So I think the the most interesting thing, obviously, happens early on. It's when we see for the first time that she gets pulled into the comic world. Mm-hmm. But it's an alternate reality. So I found that interesting. Like, oh, so she is affecting what's happening in the comic. Mm. But then I did not expect for it the reverse to happen pretty much where like the other side of the world is affecting this as well. Uh, I did not expect that. So that was really cool. So when that happened the very first time in the show, I was like, oh, this is. This is a really cool concept. Like, let's really play around with this to see what more can the outside world affect Uh what's going on in there. Yeah. Really play with that idea. And they do for the first few episodes. And I really enjoyed that. And then for some reason, they kind of like tail off Mm. and they decide to reverse it. (laughs) No, I'm not trying to sound like Missy Elliott here. (laughs) Uh, But... Like they decide for 
our lead character to come out of the comic pretty much. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm not getting get into spoiler territory here, but basically they decide to do something with the character that now that character's not around for a couple of episodes and it's like or for like an episode or whatever. And then they immediately backtrack on that and it's like so what are the rules of the world? Like, yes, that is a big complaint that I have is that they set up these rules, hard and fast rules about this world, and then they just break all of them by the end of yeah. the show. Or it starts changing and they call it like, oh, with all things being the same, it, this should happen. And that's like guessing what should happen in the in the comic book world and then they introduce variables and the characters even call them variables and they're like unless a variable pops up and i'm like what are you talking about that is pretty lame like what variable label it that way yeah so that was very frustrating for me the most exciting part of the show was definitely the romance between kang chol and um oh my god oh young ju right and to me, that's what made it so compelling is that they somehow have this really good chemistry and mm-hmm. they're trying to turn the tables on the genre of the of the show, of the, um, you know, comic book, the manhwa. Of the comic book, yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm not going to give anything away, but like their moments together are really good. And so whenever it kind of got towards that territory or whenever they were together or they were having some sweet moment, I was like, yes, like this feels right for the show and then it would double back on itself and it would commit more towards the mystery the logistics of the world being flipped upside down and the uh, the criminal aspect of the show and it was just that part they didn't seem to have as down as like these characters are should end up together like that's like the through line that they committed to from the very get from the very beginning and you get a sense of that with the really solid relationship between them throughout the whole show and so that's i found that a positive that being said i don't like that they're trying to switch genres in the middle of the show you know thank you i don't like that yeah like not only during the show they're switching genres, but also the tone of the show yes, the will change. Yes. Like within scenes. Yes. Like, you know, there's a moment where somebody is like brutally shot, mm-hmm. you know, and there's blood and everything. And the very next scene, it's like comical with like this lighthearted music. Right. And it's like what it's kind of hard to keep a sh- you know, yeah. a straightforward yes. line. W stands for whiplash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to keep track of what is the show supposed to make us as an audience want to follow mm-hmm. when it's constantly bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've discussed what really irked us about this show already and what we really dislike about the show, but we can go more into spoilers later. On a scale of one to five, how pissed would you be if you were a fan of this webtoon in this world? If I was a fan of the webtoon itself, yes, the I'm pretty upset because <laughs> um, at the end okay. of the day, you usually read, you know, these comics or webtoons for the hero. And, you know, if your hero is going to be killed off, like that's upsetting enough. Uh-huh. But then the way like <laughs> like sometimes I even lost track of how it actually ends because yeah. they keep like going back and like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we no, we can change something. And it's like, okay, now what's happening? Because <laughs> they keep 
going back and doubling back on themselves. Mm-hmm. That was a problem. They didn't have a clear ending. Mm-hmm. And just when you think you got the ending of the webtoon, no, they change it again. Right. So <laughs> so it was a frustrating. It's frustrating. Experience. So five, you'd say? <laughs> really upset. <laughs> oh God. Me personally, uh, I don't know if I would be as committed to a, a webtoon that is this genre. No. Um, it's like a crime no. thriller action. Manhwa. I don't mind that. I okay. if if they decide to lean one way or the other, it would make a lot more sense, and it would be more of a continuous and actual believable story if they commit to one rather than you know trying to straddle both lines, mm. or even doing seventy five twenty five in either direction would probably make more sense. Mm-hmm. Like having like an action thriller where there is a romantic subplot, you know, would work or it's a romantic, you know, story with this element of, you know, sci fi or however you want to label it. But this as it was, it was very herky jerky, um, wishy washy, unclear, (laughs) unclear. (laughs) Yeah. What direction they want to go in. Um was there a character that you were that you really connected with or were most invested in at any point? Uh, it was kind of hard to like truly invest because I wasn't invested in the two main characters. Mm. So that that made it hard to and invest this in is a anyone very, besides that. Like there's not a lot of cast to go with. No, it's yeah. it's a very light cast. Yeah. So, you know, who you're looking at from pretty much episode one, that's, that's pretty it. much it <laughs> yeah. going forward. Yeah. So if if I had to put it on someone, maybe the dad who's the artist. Really? I Because he is an artist who is struggling. Like he has, you know, an idea for what he wants to do with his tune. Yeah. But the world is af- being affected. So <laughs> everything that he does, he is getting thwarted. Stopped. He's yeah. getting thwarted from his vision, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of related to that. Yeah, I sympathize or with him. Yeah. Or empathize, sympathize. I, I've I've been in situations where I've tried to create <laughs> and I've been thwarted myself. So I can sympathize and empathize. With the dad, okay. With the dad. I know, so, of all characters. I feel like I really connected with Oyonju because she is like the every girl. Like she's mm-hmm. not a very good doctor. No. She's pretty <laughs> average. <laughs> the only thing she has going for her is... Um, her looks, which she's not 100 on either. She's like, I'm a beauty. Like, she's like very surprised that people find her attractive. <laughs> so that's. Oh, God. <laughs> but I really like how she is um, a, a dreamer almost. Mm-hmm. And it's very slight that you get this impression that she is kind of like a hopeless romantic because she's so realistic of a, yeah. of a personality. Like, she's like. You know, she feels like a pre- real character. Yes, she felt real in that sense where um, she wasn't like, I don't know. She came from a, a divorcee family. She's living with her mom and she doesn't get to see her dad all the time. And she's pretty, you know, at work, she's not very popular and she has to like uh, kowtow to her boss and stuff like that. That really kind of felt not non-main character to me right so i i liked her a lot in that sense 
And her reactions felt really genuine to me. I know you did not like her acting, did not his, did not like Casey's acting as well. Um, I'll call him Casey for Kangchul. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you had any thoughts on chemistry because you already said you just didn't believe them. No. Like, there's one scene in particular that I'm just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, it just, it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel, and we'll talk about it in spoilers if you want. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, like, I I was not sold on their love story. Okay. We'll talk about this in spoilers. Um, Last thing before we get into spoilers, OST. What'd you think of the OST? I thought it was fine. I I have a hard time gauge. Oh, you know what? I did have one particular note, though. (laughs) What? There were certain action moments that had the same theme that started out a certain way. And like you'll recognize it if I do it. It's like Oh yeah. That is the very beginning of Danny Elfman's version of Avengers from Avengers Age of Ultron. If you listen to it, it's the same exact starting. You'll hear it and you'll be like, oh my God, they they ripped them off. They ripped off Danny Elfman, that that beginning part. Okay, all right. Clearly. Wow. Fine. (laughs) So I found the OST amazing. I thought it was unassailably good. I okay. I really enjoy that OST even to this day. And I remember the first episode ending for my rewatch. I was like, oh, shit, fuck. I forgot like how good the OST is. And it, the centerpiece is this song, Where Are You by Jung Joon Young. And right. that was like the ah, <laughs> that like breathy like song that they put <laughs> at the end of every episode. Every episode. Yeah. <clears throat> Loved it. It's in my uh, K-Drama OST uh, Spotify playlist. (laughs) (laughs) I think that OST slaps. So we'll talk about major themes, more qualms and nitpicks and uh, weak links. And we're just going to pick it apart in spoilers right after this. Hey, you want to come in? All right, so we're going to talk spoilers now. Rico, I want to come back to this thing that you said. You were talking about the chemistry between the leads, and you were like, there is this moment that I did not like. I thought they were stretching. Yes. What was that moment? Okay, so there's a moment. I can't remember exactly which episode, but it's kind of early on. Uh, There is a moment where they are in his apartment or his, like, suite and like his friends are outside of the room and he has a gun and he is trying to get answers right Mm -hmm. to what is going on but there's clearly supposed to be like some type of you know something going on between them some type of chemistry okay yeah you're supposed to try to believe that he is obviously trying to get answers but he's trying to get to know her oh the bathroom scene Bathroom. Yeah, it was the bathroom. It was the bathroom. He shoots her. And he shoots her. But (laughs) that's not that's not my qualm. My qualm is not with the fact that he shoots her. Okay, what's the qualm? My qualm is that I didn't find any of like their interaction as a believable thing that these two are going to end up together. Okay, you didn't think they were going to end up together. 
it didn't feel like it. Like, I know that the show and, you know, they're trying to telegraph that these two are going to end up together and every interaction happens to be them together and they're saving each other from different situations. But, man, did, like, their actual chemistry never had me, you know, really sold on the fact that, oh, yeah, no, I could totally see them together. Okay. Like, so it just never felt that way. Here's my... Thing is that in my second watch, I was looking for places where they seem to really connect and have great chemistry, their meet mm-hmm. cue and all that stuff. And I still feel that the reason why I think they have great chemistry is not because they have great chemistry. It's because they're just two beautiful people caught up in this like grand story together. Mm-hmm. And they are smushed together every chance that the, the story allows. And they don't have like a moment where you're like, oh, that's when he fell in love with her. Oh, that's when she fell in love with him. And you know right. what I'm saying? There's always that moment where you're like, that's it. Like they that's might it. hate each other or they might, you know, have no issues with each other. But that's the moment where you find that they're committed to each other for some reason or another. And yes. there was no like, like moment in time where you're like, oh, I understand their commitment to each other. Right. You know, he's she saves him at the very beginning from dying. And you you have a thought. It reminds me it, the premise is not the same, but having two actors, good looking actors that are pressed together and they're supposed to be a romantic interest in a movie. And it just does not work as much as the <laughs> plot is driving them to. Right. And that is um, there was a movie. It's with Ashton Kutcher. And Catherine Heigl, where uh, Killers, I believe, or something like that, where like somehow Ashton Kutcher is like some secret spy. But <laughs> the two of them, good looking people, mm-hmm. and the plot is forcing them together. And like the plot is trying to make you believe like, yeah, these two are going to end up together because everything they do makes them you know, romantically involved, but you just don't buy it because uh-huh. those two together, it's like you're watching them on screen and it's like, there's nothing there. <laughs> I don't I do and I don't feel that way about this coupling of Casey and, and Yonju. Um mm-hmm. the beginning where she saves him, she plunges like a pen into his chest and he yes. like comes to He comes to <laughs> like they're like inches, in slow motion. In just slow like, motion, boom. he like <laughs> lifts his body up and they're face to face, really close to each other. And I'm like, is that the moment they expect us to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to try and like do anything possible to be with that's this person. And that's not that. a good moment. You're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's so abrupt oh, and man. aggressive and like high stakes. And there's no words exchanged between them. Like, it's just this visual. And I think the the whole thing about this is like they're going for the visuals versus the substance of a real um, relationship where you have conversations and you have these moments of um, getting to know one another. Like he doesn't yes. even know her really until it a few feels episodes like in. they're just moving from set piece to set piece uh-huh. because the the show still has to go about its business about mm-hmm. being about a webtoon and the world being affected. So it kind of feels like they're just moving from 
set piece to set yeah. piece instead of having genuine interactions with each other. It had made no sense to me why he was like, after he comes to and he's in the hospital and his people are surrounding him, he's like, find this girl. I believe she's the key to my life. She can help me find the reason for my existence. And I'm like, why do you feel that way? Where did you get that Where did from? you get that? <laughs> yeah. So in my mind, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And like logged no. it away. And it really, that's the reason the impetus for him even summoning her to the world is that he's like she has some kind of key she's some sort of um she has the answers that i'm looking for and like it does not make any lick of sense it does not no i agree no um so we were talking about the dad very briefly because you connected with you know the dad in this at least a little bit I found the first few episodes with the dad really upsetting for me because he is sadistically happy while killing off Casey. And his assistant was like, oh, yeah, your dad's so sick and tired of drawing the same character for like almost a decade. (laughs) He wanted to kill him off with every fiber of his being. And I was like, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot to handle. Like, that's your paycheck is this character, you know? Yes. And there were no complaints from the fans saying, oh, we want to end. Oh, the quality's going down. Oh, all this stuff. Like, no, it was just the dad having this idea that his creation is a monster. And I'd rather be eaten. Uh, sorry, I'd rather eat than be eaten or whatever the, the quote was on the back of that. <laughs> <laughs> the postcard or whatever. Oh, man. So it is really a bizarre intro for the dad it you is know, a passing judgment intro. on his own creation as a god you know how can i leave him as he is i'm about to be consumed like why does the dad feel he's going to be consumed if it's like either it's him or me but why you know even this when we ju- get those flashbacks of like when kung Cho like really started rebelling against his vision the creator's vision for the story mm-hmm. These were very microaggressions, you know? Yes, the whole trajectory of the story changed, but it wasn't like there was a threat to the creator at any point. No. So that wasn't. So that was very confusing for me. So I think maybe this is just like putting like my f- fake psychiatry hat or something. Okay. But there are times where I think a lot of people who have created something. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually get tired of having to continuously do the same thing for that creation instead of being able to innovate and create new things. Mm. Uh, you get this a lot with um, with people who write music and then right. have to perform the same song over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's not even sometimes like their greatest creation. Sometimes it's like something that they came up with that was just good enough and then it just took off and Mm -hmm. like the fan response for the webtoon you know people love the character and this and that but the creator is like shit this is not (laughs) all that i want to do in my life there's other things or other creations i want to dive into so i i can understand him wanting to be like okay i'm kind of done with that now Mm -hmm. i want to move past that i think the same thing with tv actors yeah, I, I totally understand the idea of wanting to quit this really mm-hmm. monotonous 
life of right. creating the same thing over and over again. And it's not even what you consider your best work. Obviously, I completely understand that. I understand the concept of um, uh, characters, especially in literature, feeling like they have a lot of agency over their own stories. And then the creator or the writer is just the mouthpiece and they're like well she wants to go on an adventure so i had to write another book like things they say shit like that like writers are constantly like (laughs) well i didn't think that she should have gotten with this guy but you know it was her decision and you're like it you created the character you're the one writing it what is this you're the one that decided or decides what this character wants not so the other way around in that respect i totally understand where the show was going when it had this really interesting relationship between Casey and the creator, the dad. Um, but the reason, and I'll get to this now, why I thought Jordan Peele's Us was a big mm. reminder for me is that the villain ends up being in control of the creator. And they end up being these twisted twins, doppelgangers. One is yes. a shadow puppet. Correct. And that reminded me a lot of Jordan Peele's Us, where like the people from underneath are at the mercy of their doppelganger up above, living right, their life above. as if nothing is happening. Um, so that was was a really interesting concept. And again, the show is just so interesting to think about and ponder. The execution of these twisted twins. Do we want to talk about that? Because that is a major spoiler for the show and how that is it a huge ends. Spoiler. Yeah. Where it ends up being that the villains of the show take over the world and become essentially the main characters of the show, <laughs> and the uh, anonymous, faceless villain that killed Casey's whole entire family. Whole entire family had no face to begin with and I and I understand that from like a writer's creator's perspective that you just wanted a device right to amp amp up the story and give the hero a reason to become a hero and go on this hero's journey but the problem with that particular device is that you be you make it into a mystery now right like he made the whole thing into a mystery the Casey in the manhwa started like the TV show W to figure out like who killed his whole family and framed him for it. Right. Because something about storytelling is you cannot introduce something into the story unless there is going to be a resolution or payoff, AKA Chekhov's gun. Mm -hmm. That is like the number one like reference for people. And if you don't know what that means, Chekhov's gun is uh, a story by uh, Chekhov. He wrote uh, that if there is a gun that is shown or placed in a story in the first act, it has to be fired by the third act. Mm -hmm. So that means that if something is placed in the story, it has to have a purpose and a resolution by the end. Mm -hmm. So putting in that device there, like a faceless man, like who was the initial, uh, you know, response or basically the reason why everything starts going Mm -hmm. Well, he's not going to be faceless by the end. Right. He shouldn't be faceless. He by shouldn't the end. be. So, yeah. you know, if if him as a writer is like going in there and be like, well, no, he's just the catalyst for getting everything started. No, people are going to be like, no, who is that? Who is the masked right. man? We need to know. So, <laughs> so, so for the fact that that 
I understand it, but at the same time, I'm like, that's stupid as shit. Yes. So the res the how he resolves this issue to you know if Casey is trapped by his own predetermined you know set course. And because of the way that he was designed, he's always going to be looking for this killer and will not have peace until he finds this killer. Then give him a face, give him an identity so that I can find him in the world. That was Casey's whole thing when he confronted the dad creator. The dad creator gives the assassin his own face. Right. (laughs) And in turn, the villain, the serial killer if you will, steals the dad's face and the dad goes maybe, I don't know, six, seven episodes with no face. The killer steals his face. I found that so gruesome. I completely forgot. Again, I've only remembered the first eight episodes. So when this happened and the assistant, his apprentice finds him faceless I freaked the hell out. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's right. Ah. What no, You're no, shaking no. your head. No, I'm just saying like, like, <laughs> it's, du- it's dumb. Like, it's dumb. Like, it's, no lie. It's like dumb as shit. It really is. Like, they, they thought about, you know, something like face off or, <laughs> you know, like, or even Buffalo Bill from like Silence of the Lambs. Like, uh-huh. someone face and wearing their faces like this is not a great idea by episode 10 you have this like villain saying things like you are me and i am you and like it's a weird curse or just a declaration that they're linked because they have the same face and you know the villain has his own awakening um slash rebellion against the creator and now that the villain is in control of the world through the creator like was completely reminded me of us where the tables get turned in that same way. Right. And you have the, you know, the doppelgangers from below Mm -hmm. or the other way around. But anyway, (laughs) like the ones below are the ones that come up to like make themselves revealed and known and have their own agency. So yeah, that was really tough for me. And then the dad just can't really out, out, pace the villain and his desires even once the villain gets killed like yes he gets his face back but now he gets all the villain's memories and it's like weird like what it where is that written like no rules there's no rule to it thank you no rules that was my biggest thing like i understand if the world can be affected by everything that he's doing outside of the world Uh but like for memories to be inserted and like you know, like you, like physical consequences didn't really make sense because the rules weren't well established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like how everyone started being able to summon these portals to get around. Oh God, <laughs> that pissed me off. Like it's I was really like, annoying. so anyone can do this, now. right? Yeah, anyone who has and this, anyone like, can awakening, like summon like a weapon, epiphany. And- they can just like. Maybe not summon it, but like there is a creator on the other end that's like doing it for them. No, but like it basically was summoning because um, Lee Jong Suk, KC, like at one point in the later episodes, I think it was episode 15, he's in handcuffs. And this sucker not only imagined the handcuffs off, like he like imagines a key 
to take off the handcuffs and then imagines a gun materializing out of nowhere. No, like, no, no, no. He didn't imagine you- that. That was the dad. Well, that was the so, dad. You're right. So, so, so but like, here, I'll, I'll, that one was, it, again, if this, we had recorded this a week later, I wouldn't, I would have totally forgotten this. But what happened was he was in the game for a year because it's the final episode. He can't teleport out back into the real world because it's making right. him live it out in the game. <laughs> Uh, in the comic, I keep in saying the comic, game. He's making him live out the, the entire the, year. The world construct is making him live it out. So he lived a year in jail, and just when they when he thought it was all all over, the dad who was also stuck in the game for a year got out of his mental institution by killing a nurse and went to the secret hideout where he hid another copy of the the um uh what's it called. The tablet. No, no, the tablet. tablet. And then he started drawing shit into the the world. And so he drew him out of the handcuffs, gave him a gun, helped him escape, drew him a car, and then led him to where he was in this, you know, it looked just like the house in real life, but it was a safe house in the world. Right. So, again, like, it still doesn't make a ton of sense like why <laughs> why was the dad and Kang Jo like stuck in the game for a year and in the real that world it was sense. two months it was like that doesn't make sense I there's a lot there's, there's a lot so much they bring they bring homegirl back to back to life Yeonju she dies in the month. I know she dies <laughs> my favorite part my favorite part was when they were like oh, we performed CPR on her for over 30 minutes and it's not looking very good. She's kind of brain dead. And I was like, you performed CPR on her for over 30 (laughs) minutes. Like, what did you expect? How did you continue doing CPR for 30 minutes? I thought like there must be a cutoff. Like if they're doing CPR. Hell, after five, you're just like, yeah, yeah, let's call it. Let's call it. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was just ridiculous as well. Um, like I said, the 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 cloning of the tablet in and out of the game, the world, was such a cop out. It really me. was because yeah. then anything can be changed at any given time, and that doesn't really make for a fun device. Like it, it opens up the world to whatever you want it to be, mm. but it breaks the rules of the story, and that's no fun mm-hmm. because then. Anything can happen, and then you're just like, well, are there stakes? Are mm. the stakes real enough mm. where characters are actually in danger? Right. And so that that's the problem with something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that the most interesting part of the story was that they were constantly testing the waters and trying to get characters to go against their nature and find their own agency outside of the creator's wishes and outside of the creator's vision, which is what right. Casey was trying to do the whole time. But Sohui, his um, assistant in the world, she also was like on the verge of disappearing because she outlived her purpose within the game. She started disappearing, you know, that whole thing. And at the end, her the same thing happens where she like, outlives her purpose she gets fired she moves on and that's the difference is that she manages to start a life beyond her predetermined fate and i think that was really profound especially for a female character to do it first (laughs) yes and for her to be like 
yeah, I was overseas. What's going on with KC? Like, it was, like, very much um, a nice resolution for that character. She actually had an arc to her. You know, all of the other characters, like KC and Yeonsu, Yeonju, they don't really have an arc. They are the same as when they started. They're the same. They they don't really change. No. They don't. They don't change. Which kind of sucks as, I feel like as characters only, that you're watching. The only characters that do change are like the creator character. He has a really really crazy arc. And so and uh Sohui as well. She changes by the end. You're right. Yeah. She's so, very independent and has her own thing and she doesn't need Casey to live in this world. That that's a big problem with characters. Um, something you'll notice here in American TV shows Mm -hmm. that'll happen with, um, you see it a lot on comedies, especially where characters, um, they, they have minimal growth early on in a show Mm -hmm. and then they just stop changing. And then the writers just keep writing the same story and jokes over and over for that character. Mm -hmm. And the character doesn't change anymore. Right. And so that's when shows start to become stale. When you don't have anything interesting to do with the character and a character arc. And that's probably why I liked the first eight episodes is that it felt the most cohesive. And you had the story constantly surprising them and pushing them into really precarious situations. And... After that, you can't just get away with that for the rest of the show. <laughs> like, no, they just that's what they can. did. They tried to still keep with that formula. Tried. But at the halfway point, you should start to see some growth in the characters and you should definitely start to see some character arcs. And we were not getting that for as our main two people, especially know? with a show that only lasts 16 episodes, because yes. this is not an American show. This is not something that's going to go on for seasons. Right. So you have to make sure that you establish an arc that is different enough from the beginning point. Mm-hmm. If if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And then you you stall out mm-hmm. on a character. And that that is never good. So did you have any nitpicks about the show? Um, I think I, I labeled down a lot of the things that I didn't like. So I don't know if I would say nitpicks as much as just issues with the show. Okay. Because nitpick, nitpicks would m- more imply that I like the show, but here's a little thing that maybe I didn't like or whatever. So I have nitpicks. Maybe some Go of these ahead. will trigger some of yours in the back of your mind. So the in the episode four, Casey says... In his world, what do I do if I got, what do I become if I get stabbed by a woman? Because the reporters are insinuating that Yeonju is the one that stabbed him, is like the person that nearly killed him, even though it's not true, there's no evidence, all this stuff. And he says this, like, what do I become if I get stabbed by a woman? Which is a misogynistic statement. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, that really leans into how women are viewed. Like she's in, not a, you know, in, someone who's not a threat right. stabs me. Like what, what does that make me? I'm like, you right. Know. That it, it's all about insinuating about their manhood and stuff like that, which yeah, is dumb. I didn't like that. Um, there was too much lip, nose and chin quivering from Casey. <laughs> I thought that was too much. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not a nitpick, but it goes, I think in this category, the scene of Yonju getting sucked back into the comic and underwater was super oh. cool. That was super okay. cool. They must have flooded the set or something because she's like on the phone 
talking to somebody and then all of a sudden she can't hear them and then like boom she's like in the water yeah they must have done like some tub thing that Mm -hmm. with like cgi or not even cgi maybe it was a different thing but yeah that was pretty cool i don't think they covered and this is a nitpick why was she such a great artist (laughs) like all of a sudden the assistant the apprentice is like oh i heard this thing once that your dad took the concept for Casey from you and your drawings from when you were a teenager. Like you basically thought him up and he's your creation. So you're also like a creator God. (laughs) And then she's like, what? And like immediately is amazing at drawing. So my question was, I'm trying to remember what episode did this happen in? Do you remember? This is episode seven. Ooh, that is too late to be introducing that. An introduction (laughs) to that where, like, you know, she was also in the whole artistry. Should have been in the first two episodes, right. not in episode seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she it, was like, it, what? It, it kind of feels like they forgot. Like, they, you know, we need a way for her to be able to draw, too. Mm. And they didn't think of it early enough. And they were like, ooh, what if we make it that Casey was, like, her dream guy? She was the one that she created it. She was the one that created it. <laughs> like, it's like... You couldn't tell us that in episode two? Like, th- that's the better place to it's, have that. But Or just have her at least be doodling or something in her off time and she's very Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, show uh, us. Show us. Don't tell us. So, anyway, that was really annoying. Um, there were so many shopping sprees. That is a very K-drama thing to do <laughs> instead. Yeah, take the was, main girl's shopping. Those are the moments I was just like, okay, let's move on. It was on. too much. Like, too much of a, of a thing. Um... There was a scene in episode seven where she's asleep and she falls out of bed while she's sleeping and she's fully dressed and the outfit looks like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. (laughs) 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 But all the lights are on and it's bright as hell in the room. And I'm like, how the hell was she asleep when it looks like noon out in this room? It's just (laughs) really stupid. Um, the dad took an 18-hour flight to New Zealand and flew coach. Get out of <laughs> Get here. Get out of here. Bro, he should have been in first class. Should have had champagne. Like, he was a famous cartoonist. Definitely had them royalties coming in. Had his own production house. Like, no, he was not no, flying he coach. he would have easily been flying at least business class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was very annoying. Um... Did you like when she brought the comic into the world and that's how Casey realized that he's in a comic a second time? <laughs> Just like, oh my God. Uh, I I feel like that that's just breaking too much of the of the world. You know, like Casey summons the killer into the real world. Just by Shut thinking up. about him. Bro, nah, nah. See, <laughs> like summoning the killer? No, man. See, like all of that summoning stuff is ridiculous. Okay. Like so, it just breaks the world. It does. It's not, it it's does. not fun. Like the first time you're like shocked, like, whoa, like they're doing this. But then any other time after that is just like, wait a minute, but they could just do whatever they want now. Mm-hmm. Last thing, the famous prison visitation kiss. I feel like this is a famous kiss. And is you're, it? yeah, I would say this is a pretty okay. well-known kiss where she goes, I love you 
for the third time. And that's a running thing where he's like, if she tells it to me one more time, I think we'll fall for her. And she does it. <laughs> what is this? Like Peter with the three <laughs> crows <laughs> before the rooster crows three times? He will deny me three times. Except <laughs> you'll tell me I love you three times. And the third time is the charm. So, yeah, his she makes him... Uh, uh, his heart stirs or whatever the to be continued like scribble comes up yeah and then she she pops out and pops right back in and she's like why do you keep summoning me back into this world or whatever you keep thinking of me and he says i was afraid i would never see you again and then boom they start making out in the visitation room that's very famous gotcha i don't know what you have no reaction you're just like Okay. You know what it is? I do not have the same sensibility when it comes to romantic stuff as people watching K-dramas. Because from what I gather, and again, this is only my fourth This is show. your fourth one. So I can't, I can't be upset at you for being like whatever about something that's actually quite um, impressive about a show, especially when it comes to um physical stuff like you're right. just like yeah they were kissing yeah they, they kissed <laughs> no cool. like like i understand if this was like their f- like first kiss like that really and it's not even because they do kiss before that like yeah. just randomly in moments but um i guess the sensibility coming from the western side here yeah. is that when there is like that moment of love like in a premise of a show that's similar to this, let's say there's a buildup to that. There is like flirtation and then there's like, you know, there's like physical moment and then they're like mm-hmm. a climactic moment is where like the kiss happens. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that I noticed <laughs> that people get, you know, kind of hyped for yeah. on Korean shows are like things that would never get T- talked about it all in an American show like oh they they held hands and it's like <laughs> cool like the why is that a big you've deal? heard no? me and Miguel talking yeah. about K-dramas and we're like yeah. t- joking about wrist grabs and piggyback rides and shit like that and it's deep and it's real like when you're in it you're just like you have a timer in your head you're like okay by episode 10 if it's a romance drama or you have a couple they're gonna kiss by episode 10 and if they don't kiss, people get upset. <laughs> and if they don't kiss at all in the show, people get pissed. People get, you know, I, and I imagine what, that. And people judge the kisses. And, like, it's very common for there to be tight-lipped kisses and pecks and things that are really not satisfying to see, especially when you're invested in the couple. And right. in this case, you had, like, a full-on makeout session, and it was, like, great. But in other shows, I swear to you, I swear... It is hard out there. It's very difficult to find a show that has a great couple that also has really good skinship is like the term skinship. Um, And you're laughing at me and that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. I know that people listening. I know that people listening won't understand what I'm saying, especially if you've gotten this far into our review of W. But um, enough. Yeah, I I know that that scene has made the rounds and it uh it is something. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm I'm pretty sure that 
among Korean shows that that is a big deal. That's a huge moment. Yeah. It just didn't clock for me. On yeah, my radar. it doesn't even That's, show up as a blip on like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like for me, it's just like, oh, they guess like <sighs> like they like each other. They love each other. But like, it's not like, oh, my God, they kissed. No, like for me, it's okay. never it, I would say that the general reaction to uh, kissing scenes is like a touchdown in football. <laughs> like you're just like, yes, they did it. It happened. Oh, wow. That is the general reaction, I would say. Wow. 100%. That is a completely different reaction. Then you're just like Western. Fine. Whatever. Like they're kissing. Yeah. Or or in in a show or something, maybe you'll be like, hey, they got together. Hey, look at that. Or, you know, or if it's something that's very obviously telegraphed, like they're leading to it and, you know, and it's like, there we go. Finally, you know, but never like, like, there is an expectation like you know i'll give you an example okay. of one one show here in the united states where people were waiting 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 or two shows actually um and it's shows that we've mentioned that either we don't like or whatever but like the show friends for example uh-huh. yeah uh ross and rachel like the build-up <laughs> was so big that when they finally had their first kiss, like people went nuts. Well, imagine that for, I mean, not, I'm not saying it's friends level frenzy. No, no, I know. But like that enthusiasm for the moment. Yes. Right. No, I, I get it. But the thing is that it's so rare here in the United States because the only other example I can think of would be on the office with Jim and Jim Pam. Jim and Pam, yes. That was another thing that people were like, is it going to happen? And just the build-up, build-up. But not every show has that. Uh-huh. Not every show has, like, characters that you're just like, they need to end up together. They And you're just, like, aggressively waiting for it type of thing. Okay. So that's why when it happens here, it's rare. It's, like, it's a rare it moment. It is rare. In, in Western shows. Yeah. But... For in Korean shows, it's kind of like it's an expectation not only that it needs to happen, but there's the satisfaction of it finally happening as it, well. It's like once it finally happens, then you judge how good it was. <laughs> right, right, right. That's right, what right. I'm trying to get across. <laughs> um, so I don't think we've ranked our given our rankings yet. Um, we I'm going to change things up a little bit. We usually do the letterbox rating, which is um, five stars and we do half stars. Right. However, we now have a logo. We were recording this so far in, in advance that we didn't have a logo. And now that it's created, there's a soju bottle in our logo. And so how many soju bottles would you give this show out of five soju bottles? I would give it two soju bottles. Two soju bottles? What the hell? Okay. Let me calm down. Two. two. Yeah. No half star or nothing. Just two. No, no, no. I I don't need another drink. Like two is fine. We're good. (laughs) I'm going to call it a night. Two soju bottles. Okay. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it for nostalgia's sake. Three soju bottles out of five. Three. Yeah. Okay. Middle of the road. Got it. Although I was pretty upset about a lot of things, as you could already tell. But I'm going to go with three, which is a safe bet. If you had asked me this in 2016, I put a, would have put maybe three and a half or four. 
Got it. Soldier but again, boxes. you're revisiting. But I'm with revisiting a different, lens. different lens. Few years of <laughs> podcasting and movie reviews under my belt, and I have a more a different K drama palette than I did back then. And I feel like I can just articulate a little better what I didn't like and what's an issue with the show. So three for me, two for you. Correct. I think that's a wrap on W. Oh, my God. Uh, I learned. <laughs> good Lord. Um, so <laughs> let me let me ask you this. OK, uh, maybe maybe you know it. Maybe you don't. But uh, did you know that W is coming to the United States? What do you mean? So in April what are you of saying? this year, a couple of months ago. Rico, I'm not prepared for this. The mass Singer executive producer Craig Pletus, or Plestis, sorry, uh, has basically bought the rights for okay. the Korean supernatural format W Two Worlds for CBS Studios. No. So they are going to make that show here in America. Oh my god, I'm freaking uh, out. I'm like buzzing. They just and, you know, they describe the premise of the same show. To a T? Uh, yeah, pretty much to a T. So they don't have, like, anyone going. But this is the same guy who has, you know, bought and sold different scripts that have been made into American shows like The Good Doctor. Oh. Uh, apparently that was a Korean show yes, that got made was. into. And that's in its fourth season. Holy shit. There's a TV adaptation. I didn't even of realize. Parasite is coming to HBO. Yes, I knew about that. Um, you know, he he's the one that took the concept of Mass Singer, brought it over here. Oh my! So gosh. he is been he's like, mining K, K. Oh yeah, he's mining K Entertainment, and so now he's going into scripted television and bringing stuff over. And so W Two Worlds is coming to America through CBS Studios. I. I'm shocked. Does that wait? Does that mean we have to watch it? We I mean we should watch it. We I think we should watch have it a for unique, comparison. Yes, we have yeah. a unique position here that we've watched the K drama. We'll see when that comes out because obviously they just announced it a couple months ago. So maybe we'll start getting like announcements of you know casting and all that coming soon, but. For now, we know that it's coming. My mouth so. has just dropped, like still <laughs> in shock. Over I wouldn't this. be surprised. You know what? I I said the same thing, or I said this about Signal. Uh-huh. This would be very interesting. It's a very good show, and we talked about it already. Yeah. If you haven't heard it, go back in the podcast feed and, and listen to that episode about Signal. Um, I would love to see what an American version would look like. Right. You know, like, would they would they, you know, do the same exact thing or would they play around a little more with time, you Mm. know, or something like that? So, you know, it's it's a cool thing that they're seeing what's going on in Korea with their entertainment. It's a it's a how you, you know, let's let's try it. Let's try it over here. It's a wave. It's a wave. wave Music is is huge. TV movies like. Korean entertainment is And I'm sure that, you know, besides Boys Over Flowers, you're feeling like the production values of these are just The production values (laughs) are much better than I anticipated. And it's 2016 as well. Right. 2016. uh, No, the problem is not how they look. They look good. Yeah. You know, you know, 
outside of like fashionable stuff from like Boys Over Flowers, but that's an old show at this point. Yeah. But no, the production values are good. It's just I have problems a lot of times so far outside of Signal with a lot of the plot stuff or a lot of the script stuff. Yeah. That's where I have my hangups on. So hopefully um, the next show that we do yes. will have like either, you know, plots or, you know, script so stuff that I really enjoy. I am trying to do my best not to repeat main actors. Oh, okay. And I so see. if you've seen an actor before, we're not going to do another show with that same actor in this season one at least in this season one I feel like I'm trying to get the most um diversity in Mm -hmm. terms of like the shows and the plots and oh this one had supernatural fantastical elements and so the next one won't or this one had a lot of romance the next one won't so I'm trying to be as fair as possible because I know my k-drama tastes are not the same as your k-drama tastes it's very obvious (laughs) (laughs) in <laughs> four episodes deep that we are not um not the same as far as um what we like in in the world of K entertainment but i'm hoping that the next few will find a winner again like we did <laughs> for signal um and the scores will go higher the soju will flow <laughs> <laughs> nice. all right anything else you wanted to add that was a crazy i'm still reeling American. Uh, no, that's going to be all from me. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Again, if you enjoyed our show, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all the socials at ATC Debug Pod. And um, yeah, tune in again. We'll be back with another episode next week. That's our show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rico, and this has been the ATC Presents Daybok K Rambles Podcast. Don't you